Radio. Welcome to Fortune Radio, man. Hey. Glad to be here. Hey, um so what was your what's your full name? Will you introduce yourself to the uh to the people? Yeah. Hi out there. Uh Nick Cicada, uh CEO of Nicholas Comics, Denver's uh, largest mail order comics distributor since twenty eighteen. Uh I write, uh, I draw, I sing, uh, I pretty much do it all and uh yeah, I'd say I'm probably Denver's most recognizable cartoonist. And uh, as far as music goes, I play uh, Denver New Wave, which is a subgenre of New Wave, uh, specifically centered around the Denver metro area. And uh, yeah, I'd say that's about about. That's awesome, man. New Wave, because dude, I seen you like I was saying, I seen you at the Mercury. Yeah, and I love that spot. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. They've got uh, open yeah. mic. It's once a week, every Wednesday, right? Yep, Wednesday, nine p.m. And um, usually, get well, I get there like eight forty-five. I always do, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That spot's awesome. There's the vibe is right. Like you go in there, and there's there's a big room, and then, so there's a bar, and then there's like this. There's a coffee bar. There's this piano. Like last time I went in there, there was a group of like four or five people just rocking and rolling around the piano, singing, you know, jamming to the piano. Yeah, like really I think cool. that's uh, I think that's a, a college bunch, but uh, it varies as to who's on the piano at any time of day. It's uh, it's a uh, all ages, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I prefer that because I don't drink so. Uh, really, a, a, an establishment that uh, isn't all ages is just kind of a waste for me, and uh, restricts who can hear my music. It also but, restricts. I mean, it's going to restrict who's going to see your music if you don't go, bro. Come on. But the thing is, I haven't seen your set. I don't know. I seen you over there, but I haven't seen your set. I really want to fucking hear your the set. The most. Uh, well, I'm I'm there every week. I, I would say the most accessible pianos in Denver are on the 16th Street Mall. And they're just public, and you can just go up and play them, which is pretty cool. There's f- uh, five of them, I think. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the p- the the I don't know much about the grand piano in the main room of the Merc, but uh, they both sound fine from everything I hear of them. They're they're good, good grand piano models. Um, I, I maintain, though, as a keyboardist, that um, keyboard and piano and organ are all three very different and separate instruments and require very different technique. So I'm not very good on piano, but uh, I'm decent. Uh, and I could like I could play most of my songs on piano if I asked to. Dude, I have to, I strongly disagree because, dude, I mean, the keys, the keys are there. White keys, black keys, it's set up the same. I mean, uh, sit down at a grand piano, I mean, you just jam whatever you're going to jam and, and you sit down in an organ, it's going to, I mean, the chords are the same, the keys, yeah, it's the, set up the, the, the same. I've got an same. ugly organ in the corner over there, a Hammond, and uh, it's, it makes some great sounds. Um, we should, you should play it later. Yeah. That's an organ? Yeah, the, uh, the Pied Piper or the, I, the I've, Piper. I've, I've played a pump organ. Oh, those are so cool. 
playing a pump organ is extremely different from playing a grand piano, which in turn is very different from playing a synth. It would be sort of like arguing that a, a guitar and a banjo are, are basically the same instrument. It, well, I mean, they're... Shit. Any banjoist I, I, and guitarist will tell you that there it, it's a world of difference between them. Well, that's true. That is true, and I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. Um, yeah. No, but the pump organ is cool. Pump organ's awesome. Do you mind cats? I can get her down. I can get her no, down. No, fine. Is that okay? I like cats. That's Ruby. She. That's Ruby Katana. She's. I like cats. The love of my life. Yeah. No, but man, I had a pump organ, and it was its belt. Like there's two pedals on mm -hmm. the bottom. Yeah. And it's connected with belts, and it's completely right. air driven. <laughs> Right, and yeah. um yeah one of the it was just sitting there collecting dust and the belts were broken and i just i just fucking grabbed a leather belt cut it mm -hmm. repaired it right fucking and it got it rocking and rolling again, yeah man. pump organs are popular in uh they they were built and designed specifically for areas where a full grand piano would be impractical because the apparatus inside a grand piano is obviously very large to sound good. Smaller models of piano aren't as practical. So the advantage of an organ is it, it, it's, it's compact enough to fit inside a, a, a standard door. And um, Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even really think about that because, yeah, getting a grand piano through a door, is, that's... Yeah, you have to turn it sideways or take the door out. Yeah. Uh, and for for a long while, organs were the the common choice of like apartments and and smaller places, and um, they they were used specifically by people with uh, with less bass because it's just a more compact option. Uh -huh. But to to make the notes and to pump it, you 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 do have to use a very different technique to sustain notes. Uh, than a piano where it's instant or a keyboard where it's even more controllable. Right. What kind of synthesizer do you use? I use a Casio MT68. It's a, it's a model from uh, 1983 Very during cool. Casio's uh, golden golden age, and um, it, it it's it has some similarities with uh, several models that were produced around it, but it has. Uh, a lot of unique features, and I would argue a very distinct sound. So all my songs with the Casio MT68 uh, sound pretty sharp, and uh, I, I can't say uh, I've ever heard a, a keyboard that sounds uh, much like it. That's really cool. I mean, I hear, and you said the Golden Age. The, it's so it's what late '80s Casio Golden uh, Age. I he, no, I've heard about it. No, I, don't, er, I, I don't know er, a lot about it. Early age. Er, um, okay, early '80s. Yeah, groups like SSQ, okay. uh, their album Playback is a good example of of a first wave synth pop. And uh, so if you, ha if you have bands like SSQ out, um, obviously what they're going to need is a very, very sophisticated model synthesizer. And Casio and Yamaha at the time were only too glad to, to cooperate and put that through. So I would recommend to any keyboardist, if you're going to get into keyboards and you're going to get into synths, um, you should go for like 1980, 85. Um, 90s are okay too. Uh, anything after that doesn't have that great a ton. Dude, that's so awesome, man. Because, dude, that early shit, I mean, it sounds pretty cool, if not, I mean, just as cool, if not cooler. And m most of it's what? Analog, right? That's pre, it's pre digital. Yeah, my, my sense, uh, an analog sense. Yeah. It has uh, an organic. Uh, a very organic sound to it. And I don't hate digital. There's some diehard analog heads out there, but, like, dude, I like digital. I use a digital delay. I bought a DG6 digital delay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that's in a different vein, but shit. They can do some pretty cool stuff oh, yeah. with computers, man. 
my my uh, my, my keyboard, for instance, uh, it doesn't have a, a drum machine. Some people say it has a drum machine, but it really doesn't. It just has a pre-recorded instrumental loops and backing backing tracks, about twenty of them. So the percussion is very limited, but uh, provided you you're you're good on the keys, which I happen to be, uh, that's no that's no problem, and. Uh, it, it's it's very it's very responsive to to feel and like that so uh-huh. yeah I, I would I, I wouldn't say everyone can pull off an analog synth there are advantages between digital and analog synths and but uh, yeah I think in terms of getting a certain sound uh, it, it's necessary to have the correct equipment so to any aspiring keyboardist uh, I'd recommend to weigh all the options. And look into as many models as possible. And there, there are hundreds. And speaking of options, uh, so what do you think about this? Because I, I worked with this guy who was really deep into synth in the DJ realm. And right. uh, I've always personally really liked weighted keys. And he was saying, he's like, no, fuck weighted keys. He, he He's like, no weighted keys. He's like, it's all about the speed. You get more speed. And he just, I mean, do you, do you have a preference? Well, uh, again, this is this is one way that like uh, a grand piano and a keyboard are definitely different. Um, playing a, a keyboard feels a lot like just just using a calculator or something. And I think, like, if you can uh, speed dial, for instance, if you're good on a keypad, you'll be good on a keyboard because they're both like very uh, they're very mechanical apparatus. A, a piano, yeah, have, having a weight on the other end. Like drops onto that thing. It's a whole different feeling. Changes everything. Yeah, I it, mean, it's it a different action, different yeah. play on the keys. You yeah. know, it's yeah. it's and totally different. Yeah, that needs to be taken into account. I like I like a nice weighted keyboard, man. Just fool me. Try to fool me. That's fine. Yamaha makes some great shit. This guy down the hall, Will, he's got this Yamaha uh, weighted key. I think it's an eighty-eight, but just just brilliant. Yamaha makes great shit too. They're making all kinds of shit. They're making mm-hmm. lawnmowers and motorcycles and all kinds of shit. Yeah, Casio makes calculators. So. Yeah, exactly, dude. I want to get a Casio. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh. I kind of like feel a little nerdy about the golden golden era of Casio. Is that that's what it's called, the golden era? Well, I mean, that's what I I assume that's what most people would refer to it as because uh, you never heard as many synths either before or after the early 1980s. Uh-huh. Um, they pretty much they they were in everything. And uh, do you yeah. do you fuck with poetry? Yeah, how, in your set, I, and I, I'm sorry, I haven't seen your fuck. I should, I, you know, I wish I'd seen your set no, before I mean, we recorded. Did you? Um, I, do, do you? Is it only instrumental, or are you just doing soundscapes and shit with your synth? Or? I don't. Uh, I I don't do poetry. Uh, generally, there there's a couple open mics that I've done poetry at, but I'm not good. I'm not good with poetry. I'm good with long form, uh, one thousand to ten thousand word short stories or essays. Um, I'm not good with poetry because I can't I can't uh, fit words into that short a format, and it's also it also requires a good deal of emotional intimacy, and uh, True. I'm not good with free form emotional intimacy. I'm good with extremely calculated narrative cohesion, and that's why my medium of choice, at least as far as writing goes, is the science fiction short story, one thousand to ten thousand words typically. If it's under a thousand words. Uh, I try and I try and put some more meat on it, but as far as poetry goes, no, I've I've never been to the uh, the Merck uh, 
poetry open mic on Fridays. I've never actually gone to that. Uh, I have lots of friends who, who go and say, oh, it's great. But these same people never go to the, the music open mic on Wednesdays. So I really see no reason to go to the poetry mic on Fridays because, um, yeah, I, I think the... I think the line between poets and musicians is pretty strong, and uh, I can only. And I'm not a good poet, and, and I, I find poetry boring. I, dude, I, like, I uh, well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm crossing that line right now because I've always been a singer songwriter, mm-hmm. uh, mainly a looper. Yeah. Uh, I'm using a Boss RC300 and I'm looping, but lately I've been rapping, man, and so that's mm. kind of like where the that's where the bridge kind of. Lies well, I, I, I don't is, know if they. I don't know if they have rap at the. Well, I mean, Friday. just it's all about cadence and delivery. I mean, rap is poetry, and uh, I could I could slam poet that shit all day long. You feel me? <laughs> uh, I suppose, but uh, the, the Denver hip hop is very promising. So I would recommend getting into Denver hip hop because there are a lot of of really really good rappers, and all you need for it. Is a, is a, an adapter from a headphone jack on your phone or something, and any open mic, pretty much all the ones I've been to have that. Sometimes, very rare cases, they don't, but uh, it, it's pretty easy to put a backing track behind your rap. And uh, yeah, I would say there are there are some some rappers who can pull that off. Uh, most deaf, common, but uh, I, I wouldn't say most. I wouldn't say most sound particularly good without a backing. And production, of course, is, is part of the most important. It, it's very important in hip-hop, especially with stuff like... I mean, I know, I know lots of producers, you know, Jay Dillon, Mad Lib, and all those. Um, very important figures in hip-hop. So I would yeah, say... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, part of the advantage of hip-hop is the the way that music and, and words complement each other yeah, in ways that it can't, it can't with standard songwriting. And dude, um, we were talking. We were talking about open mics a little bit. Yeah. So Wednesday night is the uh, Mercury Cafe, and then also Lions Lair. Is so the deal is like you can hit multiple open mics in the night if you have a car or your friend has a car, or you want to just throw a couple bucks on lift. Like wow. it's right there. You I, know? I, I, um, I you, and you can you can play Lions Lair, and that's yeah, that's kind of like my home base club right now. I, I, really I don't. Like uh, I I don't. Uh, I don't have a car, but as it happens, my, my walk home takes me right past Lion's Lair. The catch is uh, I enjoy sticking around to the end of uh, Merck and because yeah. Merck has a great lineup. Yeah. And uh, so typically, uh, I, I've, I've, I went to Lion's Lair like a couple of weeks back because someone noticed me walking by outside, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you got to come in and play. And he saw me at the Merck, and he's like, oh, my gosh, you got to come in and play. And uh, I was like, uh, well, okay. Um, I played, and it was near the end. It's about one, two a.m. something like that. Lance is a nice open mic. Um, as far as variety goes, I don't think there's, there's, I don't think it's even close. Like Mercury has the most variety possible. I, I've never seen the same lineup twice. Every week, there's someone who comes in, like from out of state, or, or just like some random act that that plays once and then never plays again and like goes every like decade so you get the most variety with Merck. yeah um, it's a great spot i'd say uh roxy open mic i never is, dude i haven't been there uh, well, what's the deal with roxy dude yeah. uh i go to the roxy open mic that's okay. the first open mic i ever went to that one is uh the first and last tuesday of every month 
Okay. Sign-ups at 6.30. Uh, I, I think you'd be particularly well-suited to it. The sound design is great. Nice. Um, yeah, and it it's it's a very South Broadway-type demographic. Lion's is a very Colfax demographic. You know what? I yeah. You know what? There is something to that. There is. Yeah, I would say Merck is... Uh, Merck's kind of the confluence. Um, uh-huh. It's neither... I, I wouldn't say it's it's a particularly uh like california street demographic i'd say i'd say merc is kind of the 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 convergence point but uh yeah i mean lion slayer is good if you're into light classic rock hard rock that type stuff and then um roxy's better if you're into like uh kind of kind of more uh soft-spoken type stuff with a sort of sort of a cavalier type edge but dude you know i love cavalier type edge yeah that's I, like right I, up my I alley think, uh, i think the roxy mic would make sense for you those hey, are those are the three i go to hey dude um i want to call kirk the ombudsman producer of fortune radio sure, um, sure and, and you know like i said um my aux cord is misplaced because i honestly lose something once a day i'm gonna lose something mm-hmm. hey kirk what up man how you doing all right doing well how about yourself i'm doing well hey um so no aux cord tonight so you're on speaker so i mean mm-hmm. shit we'll see how it sounds but uh um yeah would you like to introduce yourself to the guest hi i'm kirk i'm the editor and quote-unquote ombudsman i'm up in uh wyoming right now yeah okay yeah. Ooh, it's hard to hear no i can hear you fine Hell yeah, man. Well, um, uh, I just wanted to call you, and, and you're you're here. It's it is taking we it is taking place, and you're it's it's cicada, 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 like, like the insect, like yeah. the insect, yeah, C- mm-hmm. C- Pr- pronounced like the insect, not spelled like the insect. Dude, cicada, dude. I'd be so, going by cicada for sure. That's dude. That's ice cold. It's man. it's too difficult to spell. What S E Q U I D A? No, that's not it. Sequita? No, it's Chandelira? S E Q U E I R A. E I R A. It's Sequera. No, it's pronounced Cicada. It's a Portuguese surname. Okay, Cicada. Yeah. Interesting. Portuguese. Yeah. Nice. I'm not Portuguese, but it's a Portuguese surname. Word. Yeah, I'm fucking around with Sato right now. It's a Japanese surname. Sato. Japanese surname. Uh also means sugar in Japanese. That's my group that I'm working on right now. Okay. Sato uh, stands for Silver in the One. Me and my friend doing collaborations with artists around the city, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like a trip hop. Um, we mess with loops and different beats and guitar, vocals, mm. different okay. stuff. Um, but we're, we're releasing an album uh, called Keys to Grandeur, and it's uh, mm-hmm. being mixed, mixed and mastered right now. Right. And um, I'm really stoked on it. Do you have any any recordings? Yeah, I have I have tons of recordings. Uh, where you're mainly where are your recordings located? Uh, so I prefer hear. YouTube. YouTube. Um, Nicholas Cicada. N i c o l a s s e q u e i r a. Um, I post music videos on YouTube, and uh, the music videos are are, are really great. Uh, anything with official music video, parenthetical in the title. Um, is I would say probably worth listening to. Those are my big singles, and I put a lot of thought into the visuals that correspond with them. Um, 
I'm also on Bandcamp, same spelling. So yeah, YouTube and Bandcamp, that's uh, where my music's released, and you can find it. And uh, yeah, it's all on there. I've got about nine albums and nine albums. Lots wow. of under, lots of like unreleased and uh, holy and, shit, and that's stuff awesome. Under other names and stuff. That's awesome. I yeah. dude, I love recording. I've been getting into recording more lately. It's like mm-hmm. hitting save, hitting save on the moment, on the shit that you're working on. Yeah. Forever, honestly. I mean, potentially, if you can capsule that shit up right, get it on the internet. Hopefully, humanity doesn't fail. Humanity or civilization doesn't crumble. And you know, if if the well, internet I, rides, you know. I put it on tape because I have more faith in uh, in tape than I do in the internet. For sure. So are you are you fucking with cassette or or ADAT or what are you using? Uh, cassette. Cassette. Yeah, nice. compact cassette. Type one ferric oxide. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, I had a buddy who used to press his stuff on cassette, and uh, it's cool. But it's like, who has a cassette player anymore? You have to. It's like, oh, th- that's cool, but I got to go buy a cassette player now if I want to fucking listen to it. Uh, no, you can buy a Walkman. A Walkman is, is so you have to buy the Walkman. It's a commitment to the to the band well, to so, the group. So is buying a cell phone. I it, buying a cell True. phone is more of a commitment because it requires a monthly payment, and a Walkman doesn't. True. I use uh, I use rechargeable batteries. Uh, the big mistake I see is you know because Walkman, you can get a power supply for it. You can get an AC adapter, but ideally, uh, the method I use because I like having it portable, so I can take it with me on the go. Uh, I use rechargeable batteries sure. and uh, the green type with uh, the uh, green type. Yeah, yeah, dude, night, I want to get a Walkman. I really, I'm gonna get cat. a, I'm gonna get a cassette Walkman for sure, and a, and a fucking disc man. Double A's, double A's, which are usually the type that, that uh, Walkmans run on, last like a day at the most. So uh, it only makes sense to use rechargeable ones because you can use them like. It only a makes sense times. to get a cell phone, bro. Uh, it doesn't to me. I don't. Well, what's have your one. deal with cell? Well, you, so are you anti cell phone? What's the What's the deal? I'm is not it financial. Anti- is it? No, it's that a, a cell phone doesn't. It, it it doesn't have functions that I need. Like for instance, it doesn't have uh, functions that you yeah, need. Like for instance, Windows Movie Maker 2011, which is the video editing software I use. Uh-huh. And that's the video editing software I use, and to the best of my knowledge, it's not compatible uh, with a cell phone. Yeah, so you throw it on a fucking laptop. You don't do your video video editing on a cell phone anyway. Yeah, I do it on a desktop, which sure, is, sure. which has uh, the best storage capacity possible. Uh, what kind of desktop are you fucking with? HP. Nice. Uh, I think it's it's probably around like 2017, 2018 model or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, has a decent internal storage. Um, the amount of video content I produce and the amount of audio content I produce... Uh, word processing capabilities. Uh, yeah, but let's talk about the cell phone. That's different. A desktop's different than a fucking laptop. Is different than a cell phone. But I mean, a cell yeah. phone. Call your friends. GPS. You feel me? Take I don't a, need take GPS. A picture, take I know, a picture. Of I know a where everything in Denver is, uh-huh. and I'm only ever in Denver. So, right. uh, what for, about if you meet a girl and you're like, "Hey, I want to meet you. I want to meet you at Jelly Cafe," um, and she's like, "Where is it?" You know, first of all, how are you going to get a hold of her? You're going to use a payphone. Uh, well, I'm, I'm where are you going to find a payphone? I'm asexual, so. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Dude, to let's begin with. Can we go down that road or? If I have, if I have a female friend, uh, I typically use, uh, Instagram private messaging. I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. Sure. I don't. And then uh, all the girls are doing that these days anyways. I don't, I don't, I don't use Instagram for anything else, but, uh, it seems to be the most common alternative to texting. Uh, yeah, yeah. as far as texting, I, I don't really 
I don't really see what that's about. So Instagram's about the same. I just say on desktop, like, I'll be there in uh, half an hour or uh-huh. so, and then uh, I am because I'm I, I'm able to look up exactly how long it'll take me to walk somewhere, yeah. and I know exactly where everything is. In terms of taking a, a picture, uh, I use my digital camera for that. It's a, it's a Red Olympus model, and it takes better pictures and, and videos than... Uh, most cell phones are capable no of. doubt yeah no and doubt. it's compact uh, uh, no you're it, absolutely right yeah i think i think people who want to take videos or or photos especially if you go to live shows a lot uh, i argue you should invest in a, a, a good or even low quality digital camera It'll, dude it has good functionality and, absolutely and you can get some great shots with that absolutely my buddy brought and, over a canon uh it's like a 4k digital camera i can't recall the model but it's yeah. just i mean the video quality is just absurd you know and i mean it's great we were we plugged a uh microphone into it and some noise cancellation headphones and it was like i was in a different world it was fucking nuts mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> yeah i and then i would say um oh yeah the other thing you say is like call uh, I just use the landline, mm-hmm. but like I say, uh, I think email. I think email is the most convenient. I use email uh, quite often, mm-hmm. and never lets me down. And well, fuck it, you don't need a phone then. Who the who who the hell am I? You don't need a phone because yeah. you you got your own thing going. That's fantastic. But uh, can we talk about this asexual thing for sure, a second? Sure, sure. So all right, because I you know asexuality, you know. Uh, it's a choice or it's a feeling or you're born that way or yeah, you, you strike out with the ladies you're born, so you, that, you're born that way it's a, it's a sexual orientation like homosexuality so you you never have the urge to have sex or you do but you don't or no, no how does you, that work you, you you have no sex drive the, the libido uh-huh. is absent okay so you don't you're not attracted by males or females no no at all no interesting no uh it, it's it's sort of like it's just like homosexual. Well, with homosexuality, you're you're not attracted to females, and uh, you're like that from birth. And with asexuality, you're you're attracted to nobody. Um, there is a difference between asexuality and aromanticism in that uh, aromantic people uh, cannot be romantic. Asexual people can't have sex. Um, you can be one or the other, or both, uh, or neither. In which case, you're you're uh, allosexual or alloromantic. Uh-huh. What would it take? Uh, really, absolutely nothing. The- what would it take, Cicada? Let's hmm. talk about it because I mean, okay. honestly, all right, you get a nice, you know, older woman. You know, she got a right. nice four hundred one k. You know, she's yeah. talking to you. She's whining you. She's dining right. you. You know, let's paint a picture for these right. people. Okay. You know what I mean? You're at a bar yeah. somewhere. You know, just looking classy as hell, like you do. Right. You know what I mean? This motherfucker's got a suit on. He's not joking around. So, you know, and she says, hey, you know, why don't you come back to my place? Like, I'd mm-hmm. like to give you a foot massage. I'm a masseuse also. Like, I'm well off and I'm a masseuse and I'm I'm good looking. Like, would you go with her? Well, nothing about tactile stimuli, at least in that capacity, really interests me. Like, for instance, uh, uh uh, and uh, c- certain tactile stimuli does interest me. For instance, like uh, an amusement park ride, uh, like a roller coaster or something. Um, as far as just like the human body goes, though, it's it's pretty boring to me. So what I can do, what I what I can 
what what I can uh, facilitate that other people might not be able to is I'm good at critiquing art. So if there's some girl and she has like a painting or something, then I can go, oh, this is a nice painting. Um, but I don't really see people beyond art. Um, I only understand artistic expression. That's basically the only human behavior uh, I understand in any meaningful capacity or can relate to. Uh, as far as sex goes, it, it's, it's uh, it, yeah, it's completely beyond my frame of reference, as is romance. As is romance. Yeah, both. Good I'm, I'm, God, Cicada. I'm asexual and uh, aromantic. Uh, I only interact with people in a platonic capacity. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's insane. Uh, that's not insane. That's not what I meant to say. That's no, just that's because because I just I I only know my own my own self, and I'm a hopeless romantic, recklessly romantic, and I I just I love to have sex and make love and fuck and all different kinds of right, intercourse, right. coitus, uh, and as far as I'm things, aware, you know, like different kinds and different right. you know as areas, far as I'm different aware, places, asexuality. You know what I mean? Asexuality, you know, and honestly, I watched Fury the other night, and I was looking mm. at Brad Pitt like, "Good God, this guy's holding up." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's on top of a tank with a machine gun, just kick, 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 You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Brad, you know what I mean? Yeah. As far as I'm aware, asexuality is is a relatively rare. It's only about zero point one or zero point zero one percent of the population. It's much rarer than homosexuality here. Does that turn you on? The fact that it's so rare and it makes you unique? No, I, I, I suppose you could say that uh, I'm the only person I understand or at least like kind of understand. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not attracted to anyone else. I, I, I don't know what uh, attractiveness is. I don't know what um, makes... Like, I, I, I don't know uh, what physical attributes are considered more or less attractive. I am aware that there's a great deal of subjectivity to that, but... Well, you um, but you understand art, and you can critique art, and I think art can be beautiful. I mean, what about, like, um, if you're looking at, like, a sports car? I mean, can you look at it and be like, damn, that's a good-looking car? Or you're looking at a piece of art on a wall. Yeah, like, like, like a painting or something of, like, a landscape, a, an inanimate object. As far as people go, uh, I view people, uh, I, I, I have a certain means of looking at people where I see them as uh, disembodied brains floating on spinal columns. And the more creative someone is, uh, the, the brighter their brain is. It runs on a scale from like withered gray, which is not creative at all, uh, to like bright sizzling turquoise, which is like, this is the most creative person possible. But I can see creative potential. I can't really see personality. Uh, but I, I, I'd say I can see creative potential. I can see how likely someone is to become like a, a really great artist, a rock star, or painter, or whatever, muralist. But uh, I can't really see like uh, as far as just like the the, the physical body goes. Uh, that's like that's that's really just like a, sort of a, a, an externality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. As no, far as I mean. that goes. Hell yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is just full-blown, robotron, robotic robot. Like, you're in the synth world, robot world. And I know that's fucked up to say, but... Hmm. No, dude. I mean, the thing is, man, this is your... It's your journey, man. Like, you're the main character in your story. 
Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what makes you fucking unique. That's part of what makes you unique. That's and, true. Uh, that's pretty fucking cool, man. I, I would say... I would say the inability to understand most human phenomena isn't necessarily a positive, but it's the cards I've been dealt, so I have to handle it. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm. I I can't. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm in a pretty unique position too because uh, I I just view stuff like gender and stuff in a in a very different way. Uh, I I would say though that yeah, as it 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 is interesting. That throughout most of history, um, like sexuality has been viewed as, as a universal constant, and even within LGBTQ plus circles, it's 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 not at all common and and very much misunderstood. But lots of figures throughout history are purported to have been asexual. Uh, Henry David Thoreau, for instance, was most likely asexual, mm, wow. as far as we know. Wow, insane, man. Hey, well, um. You know, I wanted to talk about because I could talk about sex all night, to be honest. Yeah. But you know what? It, I wanted to to ask you about your comic or your because you you yeah. you gave me a comic. All right, so we're at Corner B. I was leaving. He hands me Cicada hands me a comic and a picture that he drew of me saying, "I'm interested in your podcast. Here's my information. Yeah, yeah. I want you uh, know which I'll, which comic was it." Uh, I got it on my desk. I can't recall. Let me. Um, okay. I want to grab it because honestly, I, I, because I'm a, the, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna have some promotional posts for this podcast. You know what I mean? So okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug your comic and your music. Okay. Sure. And um, also, I, if you don't mind, I want to grab my Ray Bands and do uh, a little bit of recording. Nothing too crazy. No. Um, no. you want to tell these these people something? Okay. Sure. Um. Yeah. I make comics. Uh, you can get the comics by writing in for a full free catalog. Nicholas Cicada, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. You write in for the catalog. I send you the catalog. You fill the catalog out with what comics you want. Uh, I uh, s send it back to me, and I send you the comic. So it's a pretty simple process. Yeah, and that's oh, pretty cool. You got one of my short stories, Face Shift Syndrome. Have you read that? Oh, yeah, Phase Shift Syndrome by yeah, Nicholas that's Cicada. That's not one of my comics. That's one of my pocketbooks. So that's... Uh, that's oh, short the, story. I, I yeah. apologize. Well, it's it's a pocketbook. It's designed to fit in the pocket and be nice and portable. And uh, I think it's... Yeah, it's one of the shorter ones of mine, about, about probably around 2,000 words, I think. So tell me about this. I mean, what's the process for something like this? Are you on a typewriter? Are you on a, you're on your, your desktop, your HP, and you're, and you're writing, is it a short story? And, and forgive me, I should have, I've been busy as hell. I should have read it, but I'm planning on it. No, that's fine if you did. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's, every one of those is a different experience, and I have about 15 in circulation, so. Um, but I have way more short stories than that. I, I probably have like over 200 at this point. I would say that, um, yeah, I, I use uh, I use Google Docs. I do have an electric typewriter. It's AX12, but I use it for specific uh, projects, like uh, Blotto, for instance. I, I use my electric typewriter for that. I use it for uh, one of my novels that I'm on because working on a typewriter, just like with the keyboard and piano, it's very different from working on a word processor, which also by extension, is very different from writing by hand. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, typically I use a word processor just because uh, I like having word count, and my typewriter doesn't have that. But, 
yeah, I like having word count. And um, I want to get my hands on a typewriter so bad. I was over there at Mutiny, and uh, they just have a typewriter, old school typewriter, sitting on the bookshelf, oh. and I'm just clacking away at it because it just sounds cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, you I, can you can talk about an action or or a, a what is it called? A, a not a recoil, a feedback. What is it? Um, you know, like when you're on a key a keyboard action, keyboard recoil yeah. just yeah. just how it feels how it, how it responds when you when you can you... you can find out a lot about how a keyboard feels by just uh, just pressing away at it if you're out and about um electric typewriters though are different because uh, how it feels very different when it's turned off versus when it's turned on to press on the keys and it has a much more modern streamlined uh, type feel than a manual typewriter very cool yeah so this phase shift syndrome, uh, can you give me like a little synopsis on, on this guy? Uh, that's one of my more abstract ones. So I really, uh, I'll say that uh, it ties into my Mystic Cement story and uh, it, it does feature a character from that story. So those mm -hmm. of you listening who have wondered about that, yeah, that is, it, it is about Bayard Macy. And um, yeah, it, it's basically just a rundown of a, uh, of how phasing works in in my ongoing mythopoeia, the alternate state sequence, and I do plan on. Dude, can you please elaborate on that? You can't just run by okay. that. Um, First of all, rewind. Say that one more time. Yeah. Can you re can you just rewind like fifteen seconds? Okay. So uh, this is about Bayard Macy and how he initiates the process of phasing. To those who are unaware. Phasing. Okay. Yeah. Stop there. Just okay. just all right now. Pause. Phasing. What are we talking about when you say phasing? Phasing is a process in my in my mythopoeia, which uh, which involves uh, it, uh, it involves the it, it involves travel either voluntary or involuntary uh, between separate timelines and and the sense of like alienation and depersonalization that comes with that. The, the loss of identity as you go from uh, one timeline to the next and in each timeline something is 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 vaguely different and uh, you know it's like Marty McFly and back to the future you're you're, you're fading in and out um, you're phasing that's what I call it uh, I'm pretty sure phasing pretty sure I came up with the term it's uh it's either it's either it's it's either intentional, in which case it can be used practically by characters in the story, or uh, it's unintentional, in which case it it pretty much drives you drives you crazy. It's well, sort of like uh, the jaunt uh, by Stephen King. It kind of I love Stephen King. It kind of reminds me of um, you know quantum, like quantum physics, something that like phasing, like, like electrons phasing in and out of uh, existence, like, or like quantum leap. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, what it, what it, what it, I, I think, I think what I based it on was that, um, ba back in like elementary school, um, math class or something, very boring. And, uh, the, the term used, uh, I guess for autistic people or ADHD, I don't have ADHD, I have autism, but the term used was, uh, phasing out. That's what they would say. Oh, you're phasing out. And I thought, wow, I, I can I can block boring stuff from reaching my ears. That's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah the, the clear the mechanism. Yeah, there. the the phrase uh, the phrase phasing stuck with me. I think that's where it came from. I think that's where I got it. But uh, yeah, that that's about phasing. And there's gonna be like a 
a follow-up eventually. But it, yeah, that's the main mechanism that uh, everyone uses in my uh, in my connected universe that I've built up. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah, because initially I, w- I jumped in because I wanted to talk about your comics because that's that's what I, what yeah. I fucking thought face shift syndrome this was, year, was a This comic. here is one of my comics. Oh, okay. What's yes, that? I brought this for you. This cool. is the Hypnagogic Archive comic. Nice. Um, it's, a, it's a four-part tie-in to my ARG of the same name, although it's not available online, unlike all the stories in the ARG. Face shift syndrome is from the Mystic Cement ARG, which is connected but not the same. And uh, Hypnagogic Archive of the Comic, Exploiters of Time, features four uh, one-shot stories of Ellis, Dan, Shelby, and Javier as they work in the Hypnagogic Archive, which is Hygiene's most mysterious archival preservation organization. Probably Hygiene's only preservation organization. Good God. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay, so so they're time travelers? Uh, no, the hypnagogic archive is composed of Ellis, who's uh, sort of a demented sociopath bent on um, preserving as much media as possible and staving off the forces of entropy. Nice. And uh, the other three are pretty much just kind of normal. Uh, it, well, one of them isn't. One of them is deeply tied to the story. Um, but the other two are, are pretty are pretty average. Um, Javier's just like, an accountant so so and you illustrate and write and you put and you press them and you put them together and you pass them out yeah i i one man band yeah i drew all of this uh i write all of the hypnagogic archive stories when it when it when it got popular online got like a million fans um people initially assumed that it was like written by like multiple people that the hypnagogic archive was some kind of uh art collective like cynodyne but uh, no, it's just me, and um, I take all the videos. Uh, I, yeah, I put out an album, uh, not in my official discography, but there is a full Hypnagogic Archive album. I'll probably do another comic eventually because there's season two now. And Dude, right, listen, I'm entering season three in my life right now. Will you please make a Sato comic, dude? It's honestly, this is the dojo, man. It's a dojo with a couple ninjas and weary artist travelers mm. and Ronin samurai come to the dojo and like they can rest their head and like use Wi-Fi and like work on their art, mm. get their hustle on, and then like continue on their journey, you know? Mm. And uh and so yeah, and like, you know, they're and there's like digital delay, guitar sparring sessions mm. and like whatever, copious I- amounts of psychedelics. Hmm. I can't say feudal Japan interests me much as a setting. I I, I will say. Well, it, uh, no, it doesn't. It's it's in America. It's just it's just an uh, homage to to the Japanese uh, culture. I like see. it's kind of like Wu Tang. Yeah, Wu Tang. Don't they don't they mostly use like Hong Kong samples? Yeah, they use some great samples, man. But but from Hong Kong films and Hong. Oh uh, yeah, like Shaolin and and she, I'm pretty sure it's it's Chinese. Yeah, so not Japanese. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If if I if I ever set anything in in Asia, um, well, I have actually I have a Vietnam comic, but it would probably I, I I'd want to do maybe a Mongol comic because the Mongols are pretty cool. Just think um, about it, bro. Like a, like a black dude with dreads, like a black ninja, and then like me, like a Jewish guy. You know, he he kind you know he so two ninjas. Well, right, ninjas and samurais don't particularly interest me. <laughs> well, then that's then it's a, yeah. Things. All right, well, I'll hit the brakes then. I mean, you know, and like, 
Japan was on the side of the Axis powers during World War II. So. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it's true. You're 100% yeah. right. They're piloting kamikaze I'm fucking zero airplanes. I'm pretty sure most of most of the Wu-Tang Clan album uses like Hong Kong, like uh, like Enter the Dragon and stuff, but I could be wrong. Um, I love those what's your What's your favorite Wu-Tang Clan album off uh, Enter the 36 Chambers? Dude, I don't know, man. I you know I don't. I'm not like super familiar with their catalog. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's it's probably Cream. I I, I say, well, yeah, I like Cream. I, yeah, I like Method Man, but I think Cash rules everything I, I around think, me. I think Cream is more uh, more universal and has more of a an old an old consuming statement that effectively sums up the entire. What I, an I acronym! It's such a good acronym. Cash rules everything around me. Yeah, I'd say get the cream. money, dollar dollar bills, y'all. It's nice. Um, it really is. Yeah, I like I like Wu Tang. Uh, as far as hip hop goes, I like uh, yeah, I like uh, Slick Rick. I like uh, I like MF Doom. Um, yeah, I like pretty much all the classics. Run DMC, obviously. Yeah, hell yeah! I just came across Jay Dilla, mm. and he's so fucking sick. Um, also, you know the classics. Like, yeah, the like yeah. the Notorious B.I.G. and KMD, uh, Roger Trapman, mm. Roger Trapman's funk, but he's on California Love. Uh, Rugged Man. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 I'd say my favorite, my favorite used to be, I, I got into hip hop initially with, uh, you know, the, the very basic rudimentary stuff, Slick Rick, um, Curtis Blow. And then I, I'd say I've settled on that my favorite era is uh, early '90s Wu Tang and and Dr. Dre and all that. NWA. Yeah, fuck yeah, and like that. Yeah, so. it's so good, man. That's I. Yeah. That's a lot of the hip hop that I'm listening to mm-hmm. as well. Right. And you know who I actually really like is a uh, uh, Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, they're great. Um, you know, cause like the whole just scratching, like mm-hmm. that whole yeah. That shit is awesome to me. Like, because that's, you know, you grab a really hot sample off of some wax and you just start scratching it and it becomes its own instrument. I just got Mm -hmm. uh, a four pack of needles off of Amazon. Yeah. uh, Because I broke my needle on my my Stranton. I do much the same thing, uh, but with cassette. And I use specifically uh, samples from old science fiction movies and commercials and the like. Yes. Um, and I, I just loop something uh, on my uh, on my tape deck and and let it go, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. New wave I think is the most promising genre for Denver uh, for Denver to embrace, and uh, I hope to see more new wave around here. Soon. New wave, you've been saying new wave. Will yeah. you describe new wave to me? Well, I create uh, Denver new wave, which is a subgenre of new wave, which Very has cool. its origins cool. in Denver in the 1980s with groups like the aviators and i consider myself a part of that lineage new wave broadly includes groups like the talking heads and the go-go's and devo and um uh the b-52s of course and uh not their first two albums but everything after whammy and sort of mesopotamia and uh all of the go-go's and uh, yeah, new wave is both a subgenre of pop and a subgenre of rock, and it involves colorful neon visuals and um, sort of a, a a 50s 60s type aesthetic sensibility um, with less of the of the psychedelic attribute. Although Denver new wave does have more of a psychedelic component due to its proximity to Boulder, 
Um, Tinder for new wave, man. That's, yeah. That's really cool. I didn't even realize that was a fucking thing. I like the talking heads, man. Yeah. Uh, David Burns, the man. What's uh, your What's your favorite? And talking he was heads into, album? dude. He was into fucking Japanese culture, man. All right. He went yeah. to Japan. He admired. Have you ever read? Uh, well, dude. All right. He admired the fucking Japanese. The, yeah, I know that his big suit was inspired by Japanese absolutely, theater. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, he was autistic. He's. He's one of the. The major artistic role models. Um, one of the very few artistic celebrities. Nobody could stand him. I had no idea. Yeah, it's really obvious if you watch anything he does or anything he says. So, <laughs> or uh, or just how he sings. Um, well, that's crazy, man. I'll have to take a closer look for sure. Yeah, he's he's very much artistic. Um, he's, he's, I think he's Scottish, though. Or he was born in Scotland. Um, a lot of Scots are, are aughts. Well, Burn is a lot of Scots a, are aughts. Burn is a Scottish surname. Um, uh, as far as yeah, what's your favorite Talking Heads album? Uh, my favorite Talking Heads album. That's a good question, man. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Most most people would say Remain in Light, but my favorite is more songs about buildings and food. Hey, let me let me grab something. I'll be right back. Tell these people a word. Will you tell these people some words of wisdom? Okay. Because I know you got some words uh, of wisdom. I'll be right back. I just got to grab. Let me just grab my six. Okay, sure. Uh, my words of wisdom would be, if you want to succeed in the artistic field, you need to apply yourself as much as you would in the legal or scientific fields. Um, and there's no shortcuts, and you have to apply yourself every waking moment to art. Let art completely consume you. And uh, eventually you'll be as successful in the arts as you would in any other field. Uh, but you have to apply yourself and go at it and uh, really give your all to it. Uh, that'd be my beautiful. advice to any upcoming artist. So. That's fucking beautiful, dude. And it's true, yeah, man. You I want to become say. a doctor, you, you know, it's going to take you fucking nine years or however long. Yeah. Um, you got to devote yourself to that yeah. shit. I've known I'm going to be a cartoonist since, uh, since birth pretty much, so... And here I am, and I am, and uh, yeah. As far as I'm aware, I'm I'm producing some of the best comics in Denver. I wouldn't go so far as to say like the best in the country, and I wouldn't. I, I also wouldn't want to d diminish the achievements of of uh, my peers in the the comic space in Denver, because I do know there are a few pretty pretty decent cartoonists out there. As far as comics go, though. Um, really untapped field in Denver and there need to be more comics and there need to be more people drawing comics every time I see a good competent comic book uh, it puts uh, some faith in me makes me feel good mm -hmm. to see some uh, see some some comics out and about so I love comic books yeah. man do you have a good collection you know, what's your what's your like your crown jewel comic do Ooh. you do you have any, or do you have any like favorites like? I, I don't uh, I don't I don't uh, I don't collect comics b besides like a few hardcover reprints of uh, Crazy Cat, Thimble Theater, EC Comics. Um, I have some soft covers of those. But aside from that, uh, what I really have gotten into this last year is collecting zines. Anytime I see a good zine out and about, zines are a very different medium, but a lot more people make them in Denver. Denver has a thriving zine scene. 
A thrive, you a thriving zine scene. Are you talking? You're talking magazines like fucking Westward. And no, all? I mean like zines, self the self published equivalent of magazines. Okay. Uh, okay. Mo most large scale magazines in Denver are are extremely corrupt and poorly written, and you're going to get much better content out of a small scale zine because it reflects. Uh, people's sentiments and attitudes towards the world in a, in a much more honest uh, way with a lot of journalistic integrity. So I've been collecting zines and uh, I put them in a shoebox, alphabetized, um, and I got some real rarities and they're a lot of fun to collect. And I'd say I probably have over a hundred as it is. Sometimes they have some little comics in them. But I mainly enjoy them for their literary qualities. I can't say there are enough comics locally to really consider collecting local comics. But uh, I I don't I don't I don't read like uh, DC or Marvel, so I don't collect those. Uh -huh. um, okay, okay, yeah, because I mean local that's like pirate that's pirate comics that's pirate illustration that's underground that's cool man like that's that's probably the good shit that's the real good shit. Yeah, if you want if you want to if, if you if you go into Denver zines or Denver comics, uh, they're pretty good. I, I do like what uh, Denverites are capable of writing about and, and, and thinking and saying. And I, I, like I say, the only way I, I can connect with anyone is how they express themselves artistically. So yeah, uh, I can get to know someone pretty well by uh, taking a look into their zine, and that's a great function of zines. And uh, I recommend the Denver Zine Library. It's at, on the top floor of the Bob Ragland Branch Library in Rhino. And uh, Zine Club meets there uh, 3 to 4 p.m. the last Saturday of every month. So there's one next Saturday. And it's good. It's a great resource for, for zine creators and people who want to read zines. People who want to read more about like specialized topics like... Uh, Hispanic issues, LGBTQ plus issues, uh, music. Um, there's a ton of music scenes that, like catalog albums nobody listens to anymore. Um, personal zines or per zines. Um, there's like historic scenes. There's a zine. There's zines. Yeah. For days. There, there's all type genres and genres that don't even exist in other mediums. They're a very unique medium. And I'm. I, I, I'm. I don't know why I didn't get into them before, like, last year, but uh, I'm very glad I did. Dude, I like the Walking Dead comics. So yeah. cool, man. That show, I mean, the early seasons of that show were pretty good, because I really do like zombies, but I like that comic, man. It's a good comic. Yeah, like, I can't say I can not say I can really fault the Walking Dead comic. Um, as far as zombie media goes, I'll always prefer Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. But classic. I, I would say... Yeah, pretty much, like, modern, like, good modern comics. Um, the Mask started out as a comic. Pretty uh, good I comic. had no idea. Yeah. What a great story The Mask is, too. Uh, well, the comic is very different. Um, What's very, the deal with the comic? It's very different from the movie. Um, the, the Mask shapeshifts a lot more. The Mask is a lot more violent. Okay. Um, and Jim Carrey's character, what's his name, Stanley Ipkiss, um, is a very different guy. Because the comic wasn't drawn with uh, with uh, Jim Carrey in mind. Uh, similar with uh, Men in Black. Men in Black was originally a comic. Really, I didn't know that either. Yeah, fucking name, man. It's originally a, Will it's, Smith. I was yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's a pretty good comic. Um, except in the comic, both of them are white, 
and uh, they deal with like werewolves and vampire. It's more like the X Files. Um, oh, okay. But instead they, of primarily they, they, aliens in the movies, from outer it's space. just aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So the that's almost good. cooler. That's almost cooler. They deal with all forms of interdimensional fucking monsters and all kinds of shit. Twilight Zone shit. Yeah, I recommend. I recommend the the Men in Black comic. I recommend the Mask comic, and I recommend. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd go so far as to say I'd even recommend the Walking Dead comic. I like comics with uh, with new ideas and that have a new story and like original characters. And so long as it's not just the the one millionth issue of Batman or Superman or whatever, I can't really fault it. Like, if you're trying to make a, a new universe with new characters, that's cool. And uh, comics are really good at that. Um, I like Valerian. I like Barbarella a lot. I like those here. Barbarella is uh, a babe. Dylan Dog. Dylan Dog's good. It's Italian. Never heard. Um, yeah, I've seen the Barbarella movie. I think that's one of the best comic adaptations ever made. The Valerian movie's okay, I guess, as far as like being an adaptation of the comic. It's very fringe, so a lot of people didn't get it, but. It, it it's it's okay. I didn't hate the Valerian movie. It's an Valerian okay Root is all I know about Valerian. Yeah, well, it's based on a, a comic from the same time period as Barbarella, the the '60s, and uh, the movie came out way too late. There should have been a, a movie way before it, but um, yeah, I I I'd, I would say I prefer the the Barbarella movie with Jane Fonda though. So uh -huh. that's. One of my favorite science fiction movies, just because it's based on a comic, and it does a really good job of adapting the comic, and like the Frenchness of it all. Yeah, I like the French comics. French comics, dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I dude, I've been trying to go to comic comic shops, record shops, mm -hmm. like just mom and pop shops, like mm -hmm. around town. You know what I mean? Right. And trying to stay away from corporate America. Hmm. You know what I mean? Stay away from Seven hmm. Eleven and fucking. I mean, shit. I had McDonald's today, so who the fuck hmm. am I? But you know, I, like I, I'd like to support. You know, go to yeah. the head shop to get your smokes instead of Seven Eleven. As far as uh, as far as comic and record shops go, I'd say Denver has a lot of good options. Uh, you ever been to Black and Reed? No. Nevada. That's that's the most insane record bookstore uh, anywhere. It's got like shelves and shelves. It's not. It's it way out does anything in like central Denver. Um, it's just got shelves and shelves and shelves of stuff. It goes way back, and you wonder like how does this place even exist? Because uh, I don't even know how. It's it's wild. You wouldn't like stepping in there is for the first time is an experience if you see all those shelves and shelves of records and books just stretching way back. What did you say it was called? Black and Reed. It's in Arvada on um, Wadsworth Boulevard, like okay. 70th Avenue or something. Okay, I'm going to go there. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it really outdoes any record store in central Denver. Although we have a nice little selection here, yeah. and you, you don't run out of, you don't run out of good, good Wax Tracks is right up the street. Wax Tracks too, and then there's uh, City Records, um, yep. which is pretty yep. nice. I, I just went in there for the first time, and they're yeah. cool people over there. That's they got nice. really cool shit over there, too. Yeah, City Records, yeah, Kilgore, Mutiny. All those, I'd say, yeah, should be supported. Yeah, uh, Mutiny is fucking great. Dude, there's a cipher tonight at Mutiny. You should come. Uh, I went in there because I was like, 
dude, like, you guys don't have an open mic. What the hell? And it turns out, or you, you don't have a music open mic. And it turns out they have a cypher twice a month. Yeah. And, like, you were talking about the hip-hop scene in Denver. And, like, I guess they the hip-hop scene in Denver meets up at Mutiny yeah. twice a month. And that, That'd be one place to go to form connections if you want to get into hip-hop. I'm going um, there tonight. Where else? I, I know there's some other hip-hop spots. I don't really get into that side of music as much as uh, as much as new wave in particular but there's also uh, uh, oh yeah obviously the roxy and five points that's that's the huge spot uh-huh. um I, I went to a concert uh that had some pretty kicking acts there uh, yeah roxy theater and five points unaffiliated with roxy on broadway but Very cool. um, that's like the main hip-hop theater on walton street yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go over there and do that that uh, open mic for sure. Hey, dude, sorry. I mean, somebody's taking a fucking bath next door or in their kitchen sink or something. Heck, sorry about care. that. I can barely hear. Um, hey, but I do. I do want to do uh, kind of a, a plug today. I just uh, finished an invention today. I actually, I'd like to tell you about it because it's up your alley. I think you Heck, might yeah. like it. Yeah. So it's called the Sato Box, mm-hmm. and um, so it's. It's a vintage Samsonite briefcase, mm-hmm. and I've got all my guitar pedals in it, mm-hmm. Velcro to the bottom, yes. like the base of it, and then the lid that lifts up, I installed a uh, an amplifier, mm-hmm. so a speaker, and a fucking, it's it's a uh, Line 6 Spider 4, so it's like a, uh, effects, uh, effects amplifier, mm-hmm. and I'm going to sell it. Uh, I'm gonna sell these boxes, right? Uh, and, and fully custom. How many effects does it have? Um, tons, like countless, in, infinite. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, the amp itself has has at least a hundred effects. Plus, you can go in and alter the effects mm-hmm. and completely completely dial these effects in, right? Mm. Um, and then, so then I've got my personal guitar uh, pedals, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I've got yeah. my line six, my boss and everything else. So, and it's inside of this case. So it's all in one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's great because dude, you see pedal boards and it's like, yeah, they're in like a black canvas bag. It's nothing special to look at. Mm-hmm. And then you take it out of the bag and then it's just a pedal board on the ground. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's wires everywhere and it looks like trash, but the Sato box, man, it's like a classy looking suitcase. You know what I mean? So, so your aim is to is to make the the effects board look uh, just aesthetically improve it for the audience. Exactly, and so it's kind of uh-huh. part of it's part of the show. So it's like, yeah, just contact me, and you can you can go to my website, um, fortune uh, fortune dash sound dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can order a Sato box of your own. Um, mm-hmm. Right now they're going for five hundred dollars, uh, which sounds a little bit pricey. But I mean, the one that I have right now, I'm not letting go of. Uh, but you know, we can we can negotiate price, especially homeboy prices. Uh, you know, because we got to buy the case, depending on whatever amplifier you want to install into it. You know, but I mean, dude, they're giving away these fucking practice amps these days, fifteen twenty bucks. Get yourself a nice little practice amp, multi-channel. Throw it into this box, you're good to go. Sato box, baby. Hmm. Uh, does it take a standard quarter-inch input? Yeah. So it's it's it it's, op it, it operates exactly like the amp would, except for I just took it out of the cabinet and installed it into the suitcase. It it, it works with with any instrument that has a quarter-inch input. Yes. The the next time you're at an open mic, I see you with the Sato box. 
Yeah, I'll have it. It's ready. Uh-huh. It's ready. I'll be pl- I'll be using it uh, Wednesday night. Actually, I'll go to Mercury. I'll go to Mercury on Wednesday, and I'll also go to Lion's Lair. You you have enough faith that that it's in good working condition and can can fill up that like can does the saddle box have an output that can go into, into the main system into the main system? Yes, and it also functions as an amp on its own. Yes. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So uh, I would love to to mm-hmm. cut, make one for you, custom design one for you, get you going on it. Mm. And you know I'll give you a great great deal on it. I'm trying to be a fucking entrepreneur, Cicada. To be honest, I'm tired. I'm tired of working mm-hmm. for the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think these boxes oh. are gonna sell. I mean, I can fucking send them all over the country, all over the all over the world. You know, just ship these motherfuckers out. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say if you put all your if if you if you really apply yourself to that, especially if if it's not difficult for you to get the raw materials to make them and there's a high demand for them, which I assume there would be, because I've seen lots of people with different forms of amp and distortion stuff, and that, that does seem to be a pretty active field. Yeah, and uh, you, know, yeah, you, got go one, you got one hand on your amplifier, one hand on your pedal board, you know, mm-hmm. you got one hand on your guitar, you know, so this way, you know, you got your amp and your pedal board, and then you got your guitar, and you're in, you know what I'm saying? Right. And bro, here's the deal. Right. Samsonite originally is from Denver, Colorado. So there's a mm-hmm. vintage Samsonite badge on my Sato box that says, check this. It's a Samsonite Schwader, Denver, Colorado. Hmm. So not only is it say Denver, Colorado on it, which is so fucking cool to represent home base, mm-hmm. but also Schwader, which is a Jewish name. So he's part of the tribe. It's like mm-hmm. the coolest fucking thing ever. Right. I, it's like okay. this universal, like, I can't even say no. And I'm, as I'm building it, mm. it's just all coming together, man. It's an interesting coincidence. Everything's yeah. fitting. All my pedals are fitting in, into it perfectly. Mm. Like, it's nuts, dude. Mm. Well, that's that's fascinating. I'd love to make you one. Because yeah, you can get your hands on a Samsonite suitcase for real cheap. And they've got sets of them, you know, in great condition with the keys and everything mm-hmm. else. And just build that shit, you know. Right. Put your synthesizer. How big is your synthesizer? Get your synthesizer in the case well, protected. It, uh, no, my, my synth my synth is, is pretty long. It's massive. It, it's it's not massive, but I, I don't think it would fit in the Sonobox. Uh-huh. However... Uh, I I can't say oh, we'll exactly make, we'll, we'll how make a, solid, a custom I can't box say exactly <laughs> how every every Throw some uh, wheels on it. I can't say exactly how every instrument uh, sounds with distortion. I've I I very rarely have ever used distortion. I I have an amp, but it doesn't really distort the sound that much. I'll tell you what. Before we leave, uh, and it's not too late because we started early. We can plug my Hammond organ into the Sato box, and you could throw it down, and we'll record it and po- and if you yeah. want. I'll see how it sounds. If sure. you want. I mean, it's going to sound like test a goddamn now. dream. Trust me. Yeah, I'm willing to test now. Sure. <laughs> well, dude, um, I don't want to go too, too long tonight because I want to keep it short and sweet. I want. I don't want these people to be intimidated yeah, sure. by show length when We've, they see uh, it. I want them to listen. Yeah. I'd say... I'd say covered about about a, a pretty decent amount of topics. Is there anything that you wanted to bring Interesting up? Interesting topics. Or anything uh, that you wanted to ask the people or tell the people or, or mm. fucking say or promote or plug or anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a show coming up with uh, Pink Lady Monster upstairs at the Skylark Lounge, March awesome. 18th, 7 p.m. I'll probably be going around 8. I go first. Um, Pink Lady Monster is a, a great group. Um, they're out of Denver, and uh, they're real swell. Uh, they're Denver New Wave, just like me. So if you like my songs, you'll like their songs. 
and uh, this show's been in the works for a long time, and we'll probably play our single How to Dance at the show, and it'll be a good night of dancing and tunes. So if you want to hear some good music, um, then come on down to Skylark, March 18th, 7 p.m., $12, a Pink Lady Monster album release show. It's their first ever album, and uh, they're really going to gonna go at it. So um, other than that, I would say, uh, yeah, For- uh, Fortune Radio is a project I have a great deal of respect and admiration for. Everything is very aesthetic and classy, and uh, it's uh, it's a good sound. And yeah, uh, you, you, you do have. I will say this: you do have a very unique style that uh, I don't hear too much often. So, uh, yeah, your your songs are pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. I really appreciate as as that. Thank you for saying that, and I really can't. I'm looking forward. I can't wait to see your set. I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. to uh, listening to you mm-hmm. at Mercury. You'll be at Mercury, right? Yes, every Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I should plug the the open mics I'm at, and I rec- I highly recommend these for any musician. Merc Cafe every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Sign up about 8:45, depending on on who's the host. Um, there's two alternating hosts. Um, Corner Beat open mic. Uh, that's at 6 p.m. Uh, you want to get there like 5:45 for sign up. This um, Monday. Yeah, so, well, I I think, yeah, you, you were at it. It's Monday, yeah. Yeah, Monday, um, 6 p.m., but uh, the it, you want to get there at like 5.45. Music starts at 6.30. And the last one I go to, I, I go to some others, but the last main one I, I, I go to on a recurring regular basis where basically I never miss it is uh, Roxy Open Mic, first and last Tuesday of every month, um, sign-ups are at 6.30, and music starts at 7. That's the Roxy on Broadway across from, like, Sam's Club. So, yeah, uh, those are the three open mics. I, I you, can, you can pretty much always definitely count on me being there unless there's something, like, extremely pressing. But uh, I, I go to those, like, every single week. So, yeah. Very cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the people out there, much love. Uh, thank you for listening to Fortune Radio. 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 Fortune Radio!